This is a previously recorded episode. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Welcome to the Top Rope Review here at Detroit Sound Studios above Activate Gaming as we're drinking beautiful beer from <laughs> Falling Down Beer Company. I'm being serious, otherwise Josh is this, will yell. Is, this, is, this, is, this an, is this an NPR show? I'm like, <laughs> what happened? Like, are we, who is the is Stuart this? Smalley? The, like, let's guys? get ready to rumble. Hey, guys, this is a wrestling podcast. I was waiting for the sweaty balls to come Exactly. <laughs> so we're joined tonight in studios with our normal, you know, my crew of hosts, me, myself, Will, <laughs> Josh, Mike, and then we also have Jay Adams. A former XACW wrestler under the name um, Eddie Venom. Yep, the and, Motor City Monster. Yep, and currently a working stuntman. And then we also have Dave, the web guy from XACW. What's going on? And our social media valet, Tabitha. Hey. <laughs> I like that, the valet. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't call her. See, we we don't like that WWE uses the term divas. They're women They're women wrestlers. So I, I thought. Even Are though, they really? Some of them <laughs> depends. Depends yeah, on which I mean, one you watch. Yeah. <laughs> some of them. Some of them actually know what they're doing. Some of them, you can tell that they're actually starting to hire um, female wrestlers instead of models that they then train to wrestle. I say they do a lot less diva searches and yeah. more pulling indie people. Well, they had that problem for so long. They had so many guys that would be in charge of the divas when they came in to try to put their matches together, and uh, you could only do so much though with. I mean, beautiful women, they're talented, but if they don't have that wrestling capability, if they don't have that mindset, if they're not athletic, I mean, there's not not a whole lot you can do. No. It's too much of an injury issue, too, because if they don't know what they're doing, that's bad on them, and it could be on... Bad against the people they're working with, too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have I was professionally trained, and I wrestled for years, and I still had injuries with guys that are, you know, professionally trained as well. I mean, oh, yeah. it's so easy to do. Uh, if you if you don't get it in your head, uh, I, I always say, said wrestling was probably... Thirty percent physical and seventy percent mental. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to have that, you know, that. Will, yeah, Will, Will broke his tib and fib doing a double axe handle off the second rope. That, and that was his really? finisher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're a big guy. I can't imagine you coming off that rope, man. Yeah, well, I was about hundred pounds lighter. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> it's a little post wrestling weight yeah. right so there. Was it kind of like a Sid uh, Sid Vicious kind of thing going on. Yeah, very similar yeah. to that. Yeah, no. that was. Brutal. I was there. It wasn't. It wasn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and speaking of this, if you look at like everyone who left WrestleMania last year with a title, they're all injured. John Cena's out. Daniel Bryan's out. Uh, Nikki Bella's out. Cesaro and Tyson Kidd are out. All everyone that uh, Seth Rollins is out. Everyone that that left WrestleMania with gold last year is injured right now. Hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a hard thing, and uh, I think they're cracking down. It used to be that. You could be injured and you just work through it. Yeah. And but that became such a problem uh, because guys were getting even more injured. I think actually, to be honest, uh, Punk when he finally left, it kind of brought it to the forefront that these guys were working hurt and yeah. he kind of stood up for himself and said, "I'm not going to do it anymore." And then from that on, they said, "You know, we gotta we gotta take a look at this." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it brought a, a light to the masses too when he was saying all that stuff that a lot of people were like, "Really? There's that? There's yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I don't necessarily agree with everything everything the way that CM Punk goes about. I've known him for years, and I, I don't necessarily agree with everything. But I do agree with the fact that you have to protect yourself. You have to look at, after yourself. And if people above you are not looking after you, you got to take drastic measures. And uh, and him coming out and you know bringing that to the forefront, like you said, I think it uh, made people realize, oh, these guys do get hurt pretty easy. <laughs> and with Stonewall, too, I'm sure it's the same with acting and uh, just any kind of physical Oh, yeah, absolutely. Job. We have to take care of ourselves. That's one of the reasons why I like stunt work so much better than wrestling. <laughs> I wrestled for 12 years, and uh, I loved it, but um, stunt work is so great because we everything we do is so planned and so rehearsed and um, well, much more padded up and you know a lot less likely to get injured. As, you know, wrestling, you're out there in knee pads and elbow pads, and that's pretty much it. That's your protection. Yeah. And you're going live, so you're not rehearsing. You're you're going, so it's difficult. Um, but yeah, I've I've really loved getting into the stunt work, and uh, I love it. It's a great thing. What's uh, the usual precautions that you go through to do stunt work? Like, what kind of padding are you usually wearing, or kind of 
the mindset you're going into before you start it just all depends. Like that big stunt? Yeah, it all depends because we have to make sure that uh, any padding that we wear can be worn underneath uh, the costuming and stuff like that. So it depends on what kind of stunt you're doing. Um, on this new show that I'm working on, Outsiders, that comes out January 26th on WGN. Uh, everybody check your calendars. Um, <laughs> I did you know everything from ATV stunts to fight scenes and stuff like that. And uh, basically, if we can put pads underneath our clothes, we will. <laughs> we'll pad up as much as possible. And uh, depending on what you're falling into, what's in camera view and stuff like that, I mean, we have pads that we oh, can yeah. fall onto. You know, uh, a big six-inch pad is a lot more comfortable than that little uh, one-inch one pad on a, wrestling, yeah. <laughs> on a wrestling ring. <laughs> so how, how exactly does one make the transition from professional wrestling into a professional stunt worker? Well, I did it, uh, you know, a few years ago. We all kind of know that Michigan had a pretty good tax incentive for the film uh, industry, uh, which now, thanks to Schneider, is now gone. Uh, he's a great guy, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I won't get into politics there. But uh, yeah, I, I was I was still wrestling, and uh, film you know the film industry was growing in Michigan, and uh, I knew that I wasn't trying to get in the WWE anymore. I knew my body I, I had broken my back in the ring, uh, as well as other bones and stuff like that. And I knew I had to slowly find something else to do, and uh, so I started getting in touch with. <laughs> and stunt work is less dangerous than wrestling. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> had to find one way, uh, you know, one way of getting out of beating up my body to another way. Um, so I started contacting some stunt coordinators in the area, and actually, a, one a big help was uh, Zach Gowan. Uh, Zach Gowan had worked on a movie, um, some war movie, where they blew his le- fake leg off, which was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and I uh, got in touch with him, and he uh, got me in touch with some coordinators in the area, and started making some calls and uh, working with some guys, and got really lucky to be. Uh, taken kind of under the wing of some guys that, that helped me out, brought me onto set so, uh, to watch uh, and kind of learn the business. And uh, got an agent, you know, here locally that actually my first gig actually wasn't even a stunt gig. It was, uh, I got a five-hour energy commercial that was my first big thing. That was a national commercial. And uh, so just... I totally remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, I, when you're on uh, overtime. Um, so, yeah, it's just a matter of slowly getting into it. And it's, it, it's, it's kind of like the wrestling. It takes a while to get into um, it was a slow build. You know, I'm finally just now I'm on a national TV show that that's coming out this week uh, or in the next couple weeks. I got to be in a, a big movie that comes out in March, uh, Batman vs. Superman. So it's it's been a slow thing, but I think also with this, this show, it's going to, you know, it's slowly building now. I noticed on your IMDb page for that movie, you're actually going to be a, a uh, cop from... Metropolis instead of Gotham. Were you not yep. tough enough for Gotham? Is that the problem? I don't know. I, <laughs> the scene that I, I was actually really surprised when I got the role. Uh, my agent got me the audition, and when I got it, I had a beard longer than I have now and hair longer than I have now. <laughs> and I went in to be a uniform cop. You know, that was the uh, audition. And I'm like, well, there's no way I'm going to get this. But somehow, you know, they, they liked my the way I uh, read the role, and I booked it and um, had to shave and cut my hair, obviously. So it's going to look kind of weird. Uh, um, but it's cool. Like, that's not Jay. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> even when I look at it, I'm like, who is that guy? I haven't seen my face in I don't know how many how long. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I booked that and uh, got to do a couple days on that as a Metropolis cop, and it's cool. The scene that I'm in, um, I've seen in one, a couple of the trailers, so uh, I get to arrest. I'll just say I get to arrest uh, one of the main characters that's uh, in the movie. So I'm excited for it. You can't talk too much about it, obviously, but. Uh, it's a great, it's a great gig, and it was a dream come true. Because I'm such a comic book dork as it is, being in a Batman movie was ding, like, ding. A, we're here with you. <laughs> yeah. uh, being in a Batman movie was like a dream come true, and based, you know, knowing that this is based off my favorite graphic novel of all time, Dark Knight Returns. I mean, this was, this was a bucket list thing for me. So, now was that was all your scenes filmed in Detroit then? Yep. Yeah, I filmed. Uh, they up in the studio up in Pontiac. They have a giant uh, movie studio, and uh, it's actually pretty funny. Um, the scene that I'm in. It looks like we're in downtown, buildings all around us, but we actually filmed in the middle of a parking lot with a green. Oh, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Once you see the scene, uh, it, it, it's, I'll be able to talk more about it, obviously, when it, once it comes out. But I was even amazed when I saw the trailer. I was like, wow, that's, that's crazy. Now, were you in any of the stuff that was going on down at Russell? Because, I mean, like, you know, our old studio, we were down there, and we it, it became a nightmare. Just getting, I mean, even though we'd been there for a couple of, I mean, it was a nightmare to get in because of all the studio oh, yeah. security and all that stuff that was going on. You know, and they had the Aquaman set, and the Batmobile was whipping around a few times. And that, so, I mean, did you do any stuff down there, too? No, no I didn't do anything. Uh, I did one day at the Pontiac studio, and then I did one day down Belle, uh, Belle Isle, actually. Okay. Oh, um, wow. 
So uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. It's uh, like I said, to be in a Batman movie is a dream come true, and just to see your name, you know, be, to be involved in a project that that huge, it just it's just a big, you know, especially when you know early in my career, that that's a big thing for somebody like me. That was filmed what two, three years ago. Yeah, actually, uh, 2014 because it'll come out March. What's it coming out? Seventeen. Yeah, I was gonna say a year and a half ago. Yeah, because it was uh, that summer. I filmed in June of 2014, yep. so it'll be almost two years. That yeah, that's got to be crazy. Just waiting for to finally be like. Yeah, and like having to keep all that <laughs> like see it, not you can't able to talk about it. Yeah, really yeah. talk about anything oh, either. Yeah. I'm sure you signed a bunch of NDAs. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's, that's, that's the thing with the, I mean any of the projects that I've been in. Uh, I've been in some uh, smaller uh, projects that are that I filmed two years ago that I haven't come out that are just going to be out online but it's still sometimes the editing process especially yeah. now with CGI and everything it just takes forever and it's hard to you know I've got a bunch of pictures that I want to share from the TV show yeah. that I'm on now but I can't do it until the show comes out it's got to be crazy <laughs> but I'm sure the uh, the payoff is going to be really cool to actually see yourself on that big screen and be like that of course, yeah, man. You have all the memories, too. Superman. Well, no, 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 that's what I'm saying, but that's got to be cool. Just yeah, and I was in a scene with an actor that I really uh, admire. He's a, a really cool guy, and um, like I said, I'm going to wait until it comes out. Yeah, to mention. But uh, uh, I've seen him in a bunch of stuff, and he's a really cool guy. And, um, yeah, it was great, man. It was great to be part of it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, how, so how exactly did you get the part for the Outsiders? Well, it's funny, actually, because, uh, like I said, when I used to have longer hair and a longer beard, uh, when Sons of Anarchy was still on, people used to tell me, oh, you look like Ryan Hurst, uh, the guy that plays Opie on Sons of Anarchy. And to be honest, I had never seen the show at that time. And then I kind of looked it up. I'm like, oh, okay, I kind of look like him. Um, but then a couple years later, when uh, this show was starting to film back in April or May, uh, you know, I have some websites that I'm on uh, for stunt coordinators and stuff like that that look for people for stunts. And I saw a picture of him, and uh, the coordinator's like, hey, I'm looking for a double for this guy. I was like, wow, that's perfect. Uh, you know, I had grown my beard back out. I'm like, this is this is kind of, I don't know what you want to call it, but it was like divine that I happened to see this. And uh, before I even was able to respond, I know a buddy of mine, local guy, uh, Eli Barda, who's a local stunt legend around here, he actually m- messaged the coordinator and said, hey, I got the perfect guy for you, meaning me. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it worked out perfect. And then uh, so I was just back and forth uh, making sure the producers liked me and uh, you know wanted to use me and uh, – they chose me, so I got to be on um, the whole season, uh, the whole first season, 13 episodes. Nice. That's where was awesome. that filmed there? Uh, we actually filmed that in Pittsburgh, uh, just right outside of Pittsburgh in Monroeville. It's actually pretty funny. Uh, where we shot one of our main sets was on the top of this mountain in Monroeville. Down at the bottom of the mountain, literally two minutes away, is a mall. That's the original mall from uh, Dawn of the Dead. Oh, the film uh, Dawn nice. I think that's also the mall they filmed uh, Zach and Amir make a porno. Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah, because yeah. Zach, Zach and Mary, they, they filmed right around there. The Monroeville uh, Zombies. Zombies, was, was yeah, that was his tribute to the movie. Yeah. yeah, so it was cool. Yeah, we filmed a lot uh, right there and then all around the Pittsburgh area within 45 minutes or whatever because uh, Pittsburgh is an awesome town. It's a great downtown, but if you drive for two minutes, you're in the middle of the mountains. So, so it's really cool. Uh, so I, you talking to me a little bit before the show started, and you said – You've been having some issues where you're getting some casting offers, but they want you to work as a local. Did you have to work as a local on that show? <laughs> well, I didn't work as a technical local. I worked as a regional, so I, you know, it's, it's a little bit different. Um, uh, I was I was well taken care of on Outsiders. It was all, all great. You know, I had a blast working there, and um, the cast and crew were amazing. And uh, I mean, it was this summer has been <laughs> one of the best summers of my life. It's been it's been awesome. That's awesome. You said it's going to be in January on WGN. Yep, January twenty sixth. The first uh, episode is uh, nine p.m. It's Tuesday, January twenty sixth on WGN. And it's actually cool. It's a 90-minute episode, and it's going to be commercial-free. Oh, cool. Um, That's really cool. They're premiering it. And then uh, it'll be on every Tuesday. And they're actually doing some really cool things. Once that premieres, um, the first three episodes are going to be available on Crackle.com as well as the Sony's, uh, Sony's YouTube page because it's a Sony, uh, the Sony nice. show. All right, cool. And then you're, the whole season you're on that, right? Yeah. Out of the 13 you're episodes, in- I'm probably eight or nine, depending because yeah. we – shot a lot of stuff that they could use in some episodes, you know, just depending. Yeah. Alright. So, being a wrestling podcast, I I like to see, what would you say are the biggest differences between, or maybe the same comparisons between filmmaking and uh, 
wrestling. Well, and, and you've actually, I mean, so you've sort actually got a, you, well, and you've, you've got a decent viewpoint, too, because, so, I mean, you've done a lot of the indie stuff. You had your taste with some of the WWE stuff as well that was that was going on around here. Um, you know, and, and then that's, I mean, you've got, you know, the, the smaller stage, the bigger stage of the WWE, yeah. and then, well, the big stage <laughs> of, you know, movies and TV. Yeah, um, it's actually pretty funny because uh, this, as far as the stunt community, it's very similar to the wrestling community as far as it's a brotherhood. Okay. Um, uh, most of the stunt stuff I get, I don't even get through my agent who gets me acting stuff. It's all about networking with coordinators and stunt guys that you've worked with and just having a good name about you. Mm-hmm. Um, once you start working with coordinators, as, as long as you work hard and uh, you know, you're there for you – you do whatever you can to help your show better – uh, be better that the, the coordinators love that and um, it's all about networking so most of my stunt stuff that I get is just through ne- uh, coordinating you know networking with coordinators and stuff like that and um, like one of the shows that I was just up for in New York the stunt coordinator um, had heard about me I'd emailed him and he told the casting people to, to, to call me to contact me for it so um, and that's the thing with wrestling too no matter how much you try to you know, get booked to other places, and you try to make a name for yourself. You have to be able to have that word of mouth. You have to be ha- have that pe- somebody looking out for you. Yeah. Like you're, you're not saying there's politics in wrestling. Today, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> um, you have to have somebody that somebody trusts looking out for you. Just like with this show, uh, like I said, my buddy Ely that that's here in Detroit, he was the one that has a, already has a good name, and he vouched for me, and I'll, I'm forever grateful for him because it kind of launched my you know my stunt career. Um, what little there is so far. Um, but the same thing with wrestling. You have to have somebody that will, whether it's your trainer or whether it's somebody that you work with, that to vouch for you to get you even in that door. Um, so that's very similar. And it's a very tight brotherhood because wrestling, even though I've been retired for a couple of years, those, those people are my family. You know, yeah. Most of those wrestlers are, you know, there's a couple of those wrestlers that I consider my brothers. I don't like all of them. But <laughs> there's, some, there's some that are like... So family. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, like I, last night, I came to XICW because that's, that's my family. You know, yeah. DBA, Jamie Cox, those are my brothers. You know? I mean, every time we see you come into XICW, it's like a giant reunion almost. So everyone <laughs> yeah. comes up to you. Everyone's like, oh, hey, how's it going? How's it going? And it's just well, like a giant family or brotherhood, as you're saying. Yeah, it's awesome. And I, I miss my boys. You know, as much as I, you know, people ask me, do you miss wrestling? And I'm like... Not really. I miss being there, but yeah. I don't miss the actual wrestling. The actual physicality. I don't miss waking up the next yeah. morning and yeah. having to get out of bed. Exactly. I miss, <laughs> I miss the camaraderie of the being in the locker room with my brothers and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, and that's that's kind of how it is now. I'm learning in, with the stunt business. It's like the, the closer you get to people. Because you have to trust each other. You have to trust your coordinator. I mean, if anything, our lives are even more on the line with this than they were with wrestling. Um, I mean, horrible injuries could happen. So it's a brotherhood in uh, – it's really cool to be, you know, accepted into that brotherhood. You know, as as of right now, I, I, I really appreciate. It. I'm forever grateful for it. What's the uh, most dangerous stunt you've done as a stunt double? Um, well, in episode two of Outsiders, you'll be able to see <laughs> the biggest one that I've done so far. I don't want to talk too much about it, but I did a lot of ATV riding through the mountains, and uh, you're just going to need to tune in, Will. Yeah, you <laughs> just got to tune in. We're going to get you back on after the show airs, so we can. Oh make no, we're totally going to have him on again, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did a lot of ATV riding, fight scenes, and stuff like that. But I mean, most of this—it's about this. Uh, I didn't even remember. Be honest, in, in your head, you were on a speeder bike, weren't you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> I'm riding through the mountains in the woods. I'm like, I'm like, I've got stormtroopers following me. Yeah. So you know, obviously, you know, the listeners can't can't don't have the right visual. But I mean, like Jay's a huge Star Wars fan. I mean, he's got lightsabers tattooed yeah, got a lightsaber on his arm. Tattoo. I mean, I've got a stormtrooper on yeah. the other arm. Um, so my my wallpaper is Han Solo and car- Carbonite. I have a Boba Fett wallet. Yeah. <laughs> Scenario though, the stormtroopers would be chasing you. You'd be chasing the rebels. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> always kind of you seem to be kinda, a little bit more empire. Yeah, I always <laughs> was kind of a dark side kind of guy. But uh, you know, the, the best thing you know, when this new Star Wars came out, that Google has uh, where you could choose your side. Yeah, you know, all of my Google yeah. Google applications have like Tie Fighters and stuff like yep. that. My Google Maps on the way here, I'm like, oh wow, that's a Tie Fighter. That's sweet. <laughs> I love it. But uh, yeah, this um, like I said, I haven't even really seen uh, said what the show is about. Um, the show's about this family that lives on the top of a mountain in Kentucky. Uh, they've lived there for 200 years, uh, different generations. Uh, they live off the grid. They don't. Uh, they make their own food. They grow their own food, make their own clothes, build their own little shacks that they live in. Uh, and they ride ATVs everywhere. They find parts, and they put together these ATVs. So these ATVs are kind of like Mad Max. I mean, they're, they're just put together with random parts. And uh, 
they don't come into town because it takes three and a half hours to get off the island. Or off the island. This is a survivor. Wait, what? <laughs> off of the mountain. Uh, so the only time they come into town is if they need to steal stuff. They're kind of outlaw family. And they're almost like a myth. Like not everybody has even seen that. They're, they're called the feral uh, clan. And some people in the town don't even know if they actually exist. Um, so they're this family that live up there. And now this coal company has bought the mountain. Now the coal company needs these people off their land. So that's the, the main part of the show is a struggle between the coal company who enlists the, the help of this uh, local sheriff to get the – who he knows about the family to get the family off the land and then the fight – them fighting back because they've lived there for 200 years. They're not going to leave this. So a lot of ATV riding through the mountains and stuff like that, jumping and doing all sorts of fun stuff. And in season two or episode two, I get to do a really cool ATV stunt uh, where they have uh, – they have – the way that they resolve their problems between the family is they, they like to joust each other on ATVs. So they ride that around. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's great. They ride around with ATVs and hit each other with bats. So uh, at the end of that scene is a, is a fun fun stunt that I got to do that I'm, I'm, so, hope, I'm hoping looks great. So, so basically what you're saying is that this show reinforces every single stereotype we all have in our heads about Kentucky. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds Pretty like much. This, this whole family marries their cousins. So. Well, it's actually funny because they're getting so much press about all this stuff that's going on in um, with the uh, oh, in Oregon, Oregon, Oregon yeah. and where they're taking over the wildlife, be- and it's all because of land disputes and stuff like that. So it's the timing of the show coming out is is uh, pretty crazy yeah, because of the, the similarities between it. So yeah, I'm excited. I hope that helps. It's cool when it's like serendipitous, like where the stuff times out that way, and hopefully, yeah. It helps the and show. it's always you know, Sounds even cool. though this family is an outlaw family, who can really root for the big corporations either you Nobody. know what i mean <laughs> exactly yeah, right so it's very uh, it's very timely as far as you know corporations don't have a great name right now as it, as it is and when you're trying to push a family off their land uh it can get brutal yeah when you were talking about it, i was trying to i was like so who's the good guy in this situation like is it the sheriff or nah, it's, it's got to be the family like yeah. yeah and it's one of those things like uh <laughs> you know as to bring it back to wrestling it's like stone cold stone cold was a heel but people rooted for him he was the, the the lesser of the two evils, and he was the one that was getting screwed over, and he, he's the one that all of a sudden people started getting behind. You know, and the, the whole Vince McMahon and Stone Cold thing went on for so long. Vince McMahon was that corporation, and Stone Cold was that the little guy that kept getting screwed over and kept fighting back. So uh, it's, it's very similar. Well, and I, I think Stone Cold got so popular, too, because everyone wanted to look at their boss, tell him the F off, and drink a beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But and yet, still grab a paycheck. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that, the people didn't realize that part. <laughs> I know WGN's a pretty good network. Their, their show Salem's been doing really good for them. Yeah, it sounds like this will probably be able to help get some of those fans. Yeah, it's really cool because uh, they're they're a lot of these cable companies like AMC. Obviously, is huge with Walking Dead, and I mean they, they've had uh, and uh, WGN's like following right in them their footsteps. They have uh, Salem. They have Manhattan, which is a show about the building the atomic bomb. Oh, cool. um, and they they have an uh, Outsiders, which is debut, and they're they're really they're really pushing it. And uh, this has some great producers. Uh, Paul Giamatti is one of the producers on this. Nice. Uh, Peter Tolan, who's been on, um, who's produced Rescue Me and uh, all sorts of stuff. It, it, it's got a great people behind the camera and in front of the camera. That I'm really excited for. So we talked about your biggest stunt you've done. What's the biggest spot you've done in your wrestling career? Oh, geez. Uh, well, as big and monkey as I am, I used to do suicide dives over the top rope all the time, uh, like Undertaker style, especially <laughs> especially when I was younger in my in my career. And I, I used to do all sorts of crazy. Because, you know, being a big guy, I'm 6'7", 275 pounds, and I wanted to show that I could do stuff that, you know, little guys can do too. So I would be flying off the ropes and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, I don't know, but it's... As far as the biggest spot, I mean, going through tables and stuff like that is, you know, I've, I've done them quite a few, quite a few things with those steel cage matches, all that stuff. I haven't done anything too nuts where I, I think I might have jumped off of a steel cage once, but <laughs> it's been so long I tried to, tried to <laughs> get that out of my head. Might have blocked it out intentionally. Might be the remnants of a concussion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I landed, it, all of a sudden I forgot it. It was crazy. <laughs> But I've, uh, you know, as far as injuries, like I said, I've had plenty of injuries. I broke my back in the ring. 
uh, still finished the match and still celebrated the win afterwards somehow. Um, I've broken my uh, tibia. Adrenaline. The word you're looking for, Jay, is adrenaline. Well, it was adrenaline. It was a tag match, and it was also Jamie Cox dragging me. Come on, let's go celebrate. Oh. Like, I don't want to. <laughs> I, I think something's wrong. Oh, it was, that was rough. Um, but, yeah, I've uh, broken my tibia. broken. You know, I used to give Nate Matson crap all the time because he broke my nose like three different times. Um, and different things. I've broken fingers, ribs, all sorts of crazy things. So the times when I wasn't supposed to break, I did. <laughs> so, yeah. go on. So, say, so have you been more afraid for your safety when you're then some of these wrestling spots or when you're working as a stunt guy? Are you kind of just so used to putting yourself in these risky situations you don't even think about it anymore? Yeah, to be honest, like the wrestling was such a good – uh, career builder for stunts. It, it prepared me so well because I don't get too nervous with these stunts. Uh, every once in a while with the ATV stunts, if it's a big jump or something, I might get a little nervous. Or the stunt that I do at the end of episode two, um, I was a little nervous about that. But once I did it and it went well, uh, you know, all that went away. And I, I wanted to do it again. Um, didn't have to do it again because they got it on the first tro- shot. But uh, Wrestling towards the end, I started to get a little bit more nervous just because I'm, I'm getting older and my body, you know, it's so easy to, for something to go wrong. And no matter how much in wrestling you uh, plan everything, there's always going to be something that you can't plan for. So I got a little bit more nervous towards the end just for the risk factor. Um, you know, all it, all it takes is a loose rope or... Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You don't know how many times I've stepped through the ring because the board broke. Yeah. You know, I've done that plenty of times. I remember giving a guy a vertical suplex... We came down and went right, right, right through the ring. The, the boards just broke, and thank God the canvas was there, or else we would have literally gone through it. Yeah. So there's all sorts of things. Um, the stunt stuff, though, is, is great because I, I had that chance to rehearse everything, and at least I know how everything's supposed to go. Obviously, there could still be some problems as well. Something un- unexpected can happen, but at least I, I know pretty much how everything has worked out. And we, we rehearse when we get ready for those precautions as well. So. Yeah, we were watching some of your matches, and you're definitely part of the hardest hair guy we've seen in XSW since we've been <laughs> since we've been kind of we're watching like, it quite a bit. Yeah, we're like watching. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh! Well, you know, I, I ran that one of the ones I remember, and it, it was one of those ones that just it, it it crushed me because of where it was and just the the potential limiting uh, of the venue. Oh, I know what you're going to say. You and Matt Morgan, Matt, exactly. Matt, I was- <laughs> Matt, you know, two huge guys going toe to toe. At the Ritz, and you were basically almost already hitting the lights, just standing in the ring, oh, yeah. staring each other down. And that's, <laughs> and that's after years of, of kind of working stuff around. Because I remember early in XICW, there'd be one of those uh, rotating light, like oh that. the can lights, yeah, yeah, rotating. Yep, but that was right in the middle. That was literally three inches above my head. Yep. <laughs> oh my god. So, so uh, yeah, that was even with that. But yeah, Matt Morgan, you know, he's I, I'm six seven, you know, somewhere around there. He's six nine, six ten, and uh, I thought we had a good match though, as far as what we could for do what, and what we couldn't uh, pull it off. Yeah, do. Um, I actually separated my shoulder in that match. I remember that too. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a fun time. I mean, XICW has been great. I've got to wrestle so many cool people. I got to wrestle him. I got to wrestle Carlito. I've got to wrestle uh, Rhino, Tommy Dreamer. Uh, you know all these guys that have you know grown up watching and uh, um, XICW. You know, as much as I wrestled, I wrestled for twelve years. I always considered XICW my home and um, my home promotion, and I miss those guys. <laughs> I feel like you hear that a lot for from guys who are in XICW. A lot of them treat XICW as their home. Well, that's a great thing about them, too, is they, they've been around for so long. Yeah. I mean, I've wrestled for countless wrestling promotions in Michigan that are either no longer there or they pop up as a new name. XICW has been... Uh, what is it? It's going on. Th- is it thirteen years? Th- no, this is this will be this is year sixteen. Oh, they geez, just, yeah, see? just passed that's, fifteen. That's, yeah. that's how screwed up I am. I don't even know the years. <laughs> you were close. Sixteen Sorry. years of uh, of consistent month to month wrestling. Yeah, and um, they they're great for the city of Detroit. And they've, there's been so many people that have come through that promotion. I mean, shoot, that's back in the day when they first started. That's where Edge and Christian yep. and those guys got their start. You know, so. Uh, to be a part of that was was awesome. I Ex- love it. XS and W seems to be one of those promotions where a lot of guys wrestling on their way up, they wrestle on their way down, and they hang out in the middle. You know, yeah. it just seems like everyone seems to love their, that promotion so yeah, much. Yeah, like you said, it's a family atmosphere. DBA who runs XSCW is, you know, he'll he'll do whatever he can for you. You know, he's like I said, he's my he's my brother. 
Um, we, we're a few a few shades lighter than each other, but I still consider him my, 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 my brother and his whole family. I, I call his mom mom. I call his sister sis. You know, I, um, DBA's done an amazing job over there, and he's uh, helped develop people and uh, help them to move on to, to uh, bigger, better things. And his matches are crazy. Yes, <laughs> yes, they are. Oh, trust me, I know. I've wrestled him plenty. Of <laughs> how, many, uh, how many of the uh, flaming elbows have you taken? You think I've, that's I've a good question. The flaming elbow, I've, I think I've only taken once or twice, but uh, countless chairs to the head, countless. I mean, we just and that's the thing. Me and um, I think because we're so close. Well, he he probably DBA probably hits everybody that hard, but uh, <laughs> two guys that I always uh, he doesn't play favorites. Yeah, me. Me, DBA, and Jamie Cox, as close as we are, I've never been hit harder than by those two guys. <laughs> My best friends in the world, and we hit each other. We just go at each other, you know. So, um, yeah, his matches have been crazy. I've been in a couple of them that have been pretty nuts. He, uh, like that flaming match next month, I mean, he, he, he doesn't quit. <laughs> like, he's just, it's crazy. The stuff he will do and the oh, st- yeah. stuff he future he'll do and the stuff he's done yeah it, and that's what uh, i'm i'm curious to to continue to watch uh well, i call him little turd but malcolm, <laughs> malcolm the third yeah. uh malcolm the third about his career how it'll end up um just to, i'm i'm excited to see what he, what he's gonna end up doing and you know his agility uh his quickness i think is like it's crazy he yeah. he can do a lot, and I think his future is real bright. Well, I mean, um, he grew. I mean, he grew up. In the yeah, room, yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> Quite literally. Yeah. What I'm really worried about is when Caden gets old enough to wrestle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the youngest boy. That's going to be insane because he. I've been wrestling with him in, in the locker room and, and uh, in the ring before sh- shows. And he's ten now. Yeah, I mean, when he was three, he was beating the crap out of me. So, <laughs> you know, um, it's it's so cool to see a family like that to be able to watch the younger generation come along and to watch the whole progression of the family. It's been, I mean, from Sweet Daddy, Malcolm Monroe, who uh, is, is, was amazing, to DBA, to Malcolm III. I mean, it's, it's cool to watch this and to be able to be a part of it. Speaking of progression, how did you get your start as a professional wrestler and end up in XICW? Well, I, I was always a big wrestling fan growing up. Um, I always loved being... I loved wrestling. I loved watching it. I always wanted to be a part of it because... I'm a big guy. I, I thought I'd you know have fun being a wrestler, but I never really knew how to get into it. And then years ago, I used to be a part of this uh, radio show on 97.1, Dominski and Doyle. Um, I used to be Jay the Cable Guy on there. I used to do crazy stunts for them. Um, do- and it all comes to the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dave knows all about it. Um, and through there, I actually met uh, – I, I was in a wing-eating competition, and there was a local wrestler that was also in the competition named Loverboy Steve. And I met him, and I was like, man, I, I've always loved wrestling. I, I want to know how to get into it. Any help you can give me? Well, he, he invited me out to uh, a show that he was having the next week, IWF, Insane Wrestling Federation, run by A.T. Huck. And I got to see my first independent show. I didn't even know these things existed at the time. Um, I got to see my first independent show. I got to be security on it. I think somebody threw something at me. I mean, my first day, <laughs> I'm right there. And, you know, and, Welcome uh, to the industry. And so I got to, to talk with the wrestlers and two guys that I talked with a lot and asked them advice on getting trained were Brimstone and Yukon Braxton, the late Yukon Braxton. and Because Yukon was a big, tall guy like me as well as Brimstone. Brimstone's bigger than me, actually. And so I talked to those guys, and I said, you know, I want to do this. How do I get into this? They, they took the time to sit down and talk to me. They told me, find a wrestling school. They told me, whoops, sorry, hit the <laughs> mic, where there are some wrestling schools, and, um, and encouraged me to do so. And I went home. I went online. I found a wrestling school right from there and uh, started training. And I started in February of 2002. I had my first match in July 26 of 2002 and did it for 12 years. That's How, crazy. <clears throat> How'd you end up in XICW? Uh, well, I knew that was the place to be. You know, uh, I wrestled for a bunch of smaller promotions in Michigan and, you know, tried to get on, on you know, I wrestled in Ohio, tried to get wherever I could. Um, and it was basically I had to prove myself. You know, I had to get to the point where I was good enough to wrestle for XICW. Well, and that's, and like, honestly, like, that's the thing I don't think a lot of people understand, is, you know, especially at the indie level. It's, it's not like these guys are making bank. You know, I mean, it, you know, the, you know, there's a lot of those guys that show up, 
possibly for a loss on oh, the night. Oh God Almighty! You know, because you know, just from you know, they're not even making the gas money that it takes to get there. You don't know how many times I drove for eight hours. Hi, is that yours? No, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, sorry, 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 you walked in. <laughs> uh, you know how many times I drove for eight hours to work for IWA Mid South for Ian Rotten and got paid. Ten dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's just, but it's about paying your dues, and that's what happens. You, well, and, you and the love dues. of it and the commitment to yeah, it. I mean, absolutely. that's that's what I've picked up. You absolutely. Know? And uh, so, it, you know, I knew DBA, I knew Brian Gorey, and um, who I later, I, Brian Gorey's another guy that became like a brother to me. And uh, basically, just I had to get to the point where I was good enough to wrestle for them, where they would uh, <clears throat> see me wrestle and say, "Okay, we'll take a shot on this guy and put him on shows." And uh, and uh, the, you know they gave me the shot, and I, I went with it from there. And all right, guys, we got a, a caller. I'm gonna take this call real quick. Uh oh. Oh, cool. I didn't even know we took callers. Yeah. <laughs> we normally don't. <laughs> oh, geez. Hey, no, we do. How's but it we going? Just You're on the uh, top rope review. Can you give us your name where you're from? Are you talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> This is Rich G from Detroit. Rick D? Rich G. Oh, Rich G. Okay. Hi. How's it going tonight, man? It's going all right. Did you have something you wanted to call in about? Say that again? Did you have something you wanted to call and talk to us about? I mean, so far it's going great. (laughs) Not in particular. (laughs) (laughs) I will. Sweet, man. Um, Thanks for calling. Yeah, the pitch ticket. Do. Pissed his tickets. Um, what about a t-shirt? You do know this isn't 97 won the ticket, right? <laughs> I, it don't matter what it is. Y'all doing all right, though? We're doing all right. How are you? We were until we got this call. This oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I know to delete this number, then, because I can't win no pissing tickets. No. All right, man. Talk to you later. Was that all was that for real? <laughs> we don't take a lot of calls to this show because we never give the number out because I never remember to look it up. Wow, that was that was crazy. I thought someone like looked up our number. We yeah. did give the number out on Twitter and Facebook though. So. Oh, Jesus! Well, hey, but did you say that we were giving out pissing tickets? <laughs> Gee, you're what are you tweeting over there, Tabitha? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What are you making? Uh, She's trying to get people to and, call, and, and yeah. that's when she moved from valet to diva. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Social media, that was that was awesome. That was, <laughs> no, but I mean that is. I mean that's you know that's that's one of the things you know because and so I, back in the ninety seven one message board days. I mean that's that's when I you know first got to know Jay and that kind of stuff. And and it, 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 it he basically wanted to kick my ass uh, for the first twelve years of that because I would constantly mock him about being involved in wrestling and I would make every you know the required uniform tights jokes uh, over and <laughs> yeah. over and over again. And then one day and I'm then, at an ex ICW show. And I'm getting ready to wrestle. It's before the show. I'm sitting at the bar, and I'm like, "Who? That guy looks Dave? <laughs> Is that you? Oh, hey, Jay, what's going on? I go, what are you doing here? Oh, yeah, I, I, I like these shows. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a second, wait a second. Now it's okay to be a wrestling fan, huh? Okay. Yeah. So that's you know, I think that was probably like the the second or third show that Bob had, that Bob had pulled me to, trying to you know getting more involved in this. And that is, I mean, this, yeah, the year we get the year we get involved in XICW is is the year you actually retired. So yeah. You know, that's really funny though, is because a lot of people when they hear uh, independent wrestling or they hear pro wrestling at all, they're like, ah, whatever, you know, that's silly, whatever. Until you, oh, actually, I did, yeah, absolutely. I freely it, admitted I was wrong. Until you, you how many times have you ever heard me? I was wrong. <laughs> that's that's that, that. Did you record that? <laughs> it is recording. Yeah, it's broadcasting okay. live. He's yeah. gonna edit it out though. Thank God. <laughs> I, I hope Rich G heard that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, until you actually sit in a seat and you watch these guys perform and you watch them put their bodies on the line. And we like like Dave said, we don't make a ton of money doing that. We did that to entertain these people. That's why we did it. And until you see that for yourself, and especially, you know, you could go to a WWE show, you're hundreds of feet away. You go to an independent show, you're tens of feet away. You're moving <laughs> yeah, before yeah. they land on yeah. you. Yeah, last night we had two people come over to us and tell us to get out of the way because here comes Jake something. And uh, Orlando Christopher, we, <laughs> they're like, move. Like, we can't go anywhere. We're right well, over yeah. the barricades. Well, you yeah. had Rhino and Hardcore yeah. Holly going over the barricades into the crowd. Yeah. And Rhino's a big dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's you, the thing, uh, yeah. And, and once you actually see that and you could see the performance value, you could see the entertainment value, it changes people's minds. It changed Dave's mind. It changed plenty of people's minds when they actually give it a chance and they actually see it. 
Well, it's like I said. I mean, here's like here's what I've learned. I've learned that I'm still. Retarded? Not a little bit. Oh, okay. uh, not a wrestling. No, I don't fan. like to use that word. Yeah, no, but I'm, I'm like, I'm still not a fan of wrestling. Like, I, I, I'm, I don't like the WWE. To me, is a soap opera for dudes that would never admit they watch soap operas. <laughs> um, you know, Ring of Honor. The guys tend to take themselves way too seriously. Um, a lot of the indies suck. Yeah. But I like what I'm a fan of XICW and what they do because it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, you've got a couple guys that take themselves seriously, and that's okay. You've got some of the I'm not, lucha- I'm not rolling my eyes at all. Yeah, <laughs> you, you've got some of the luchador stuff. You've got women wrestling. You've got some of the you know the high flyers. You've got you've got you know the cartoony stuff with Willie Watts and they made. So, I mean, you've got a little bit of everything, and you get it that it's entertainment. Yeah, and absolutely. and it's. And that's what you said. You've got a little bit of something for everybody. Um, and that's what, you know, XICW shows are called Best in Detroit for a reason. They're the best wrestlers in, in that wrestle in Detroit that give the best entertainment that they can for those fans. And like you said, there's a little bit of something, a little bit of everything. So it, I defy you to be a person that doesn't find at least one aspect of the show entertaining. Well, it just amazes me to XSW with such a equality product, and there's so many guys on the card who either are on their way to WWE or have wrestled in the WWE, and you just see that. Like, you mean yourself, you wrestled a few matches for WWE. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how'd that come about? Uh, well, back when I, you know, I'd first started a few years in, when I finally started kind of getting it in the business and getting it, I mean, in, in, in my my own psychology, I actually knew what it was to actually be a wrestler, at least what I think. Um, I tried to, you know, as every wrestler's dream is to try to take that next step to the WWE. I had the same dream. I would contact the WWE to try to come in whenever they were local um, to try to do what's called enhancement talent to do dark matches so that they can they can see you, they can see you work, and uh, uh, get an idea of what you're like and see if they you know want you know have something for you. Um, so I, I used to uh, work a lot of times whenever WWE was in Michigan, which either Detroit and Grand Rapids, uh, Chicago. Um, anywhere in this kind of Midwest area within about five to six hours of driving distance, uh, I would always make myself available, say, hey, if you need guys. And a lot of times it would even be I would get booked and come in and not do anything. But um, on those fortunate occasions, I would get to roll around in the ring a little bit with somebody, work out so that the, the scouts, uh, the agents can see you. And uh, a few times I was fortunate enough to wrestle matches on WWE. I got to wrestle a um, couple of heat matches. I got, I got to wrestle against Crime Time when they were you know big on heat. I got to wrestle Jesse and Festus on, on SmackDown uh, when they were first starting out. Um, Can so I, I say my favorite cool part things. of that match? Was your blonde mohawk? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had a big mohawk. And it's actually funny. Uh, after watching that back, I, um, I think uh, Brad – was it Bradshaw? There was a – not Bradshaw. Um, what's his name? JBL. Sorry. JBL was on um, – I guess he was Bradshaw, wasn't he? <laughs> anyway, uh, JBL was on commentary, and he's ma- made some joke about my hair, about something about the roller derby being in town or something, <laughs> something to that effect. But that was amazing dream come true because not only was I wrestling on SmackDown, I was wrestling at Joe Louis Arena. Oh, wow. I'd grown so up cool. co- going yeah. and watching as a kid, you know? So that was awesome, and it was actually pretty funny because the lower level, the, uh, the, uh, the lower level that's not on the bleachers, that's on the ground level, it's mostly full of Detroit wrestling fans that knew me, so it was kind of cool. I was wrestling under my real name, Jay Adams, but they, uh, you know, it was a little Eddie Chan going on at one point. That's like, awesome. oh, that's cool. That, that's got to be. That's huge. pretty rad. That's pretty rad. I mean, that's just a cool thing to like, just say. It's like I've, you've at least done work with WWE, and because like, yeah. there's a lot of indie guys who can't even say that. Oh yeah, I mean, and, I was very fortunate enough to to be able to do it, and uh, you know, I look back at the time, and it, and it was great. I, I had such a blast doing it, and. Uh, um, something I look look back fondly on for sure. Yeah. Well, and I think you know, just touch on what you were saying. You know, the, the guys that you know they hit XICW on their way up, and then they tend to hit XICW on their way back down as well. I think that just to tie it back into both worlds with Jay, I think that speaks to that brotherhood, camaraderie, and reputation more than anything else. Because I mean, I, do, I know I know DBA has really good relationships with a lot of guys around the country yeah. you know as they've gone you know as they've made their way up into the WWE realm and so it's not as hard when they're coming back down or when they're thinking about coming oh, back yeah. down Absolutely. he's one of the guys they reach out to and and it it's like so I mean it's it's I, I guess it it that probably helps you because you've got that familiarity from the wrestling world given that the stunt world has the exact same dynamic yeah absolutely and you know 
XICW, like I said, has been the place where Edge Christian got their start. Uh, Rhino, CM Punk, you know, used to wrestle for, uh, XICW all the time. So these guys that – and DBA takes care of these guys, you know, and they, they know the fans. Like the Detroit fans are loyal as can be. So they know the fans. So they know, you know, say they get a good WWE run, if they're going to come and do independence again, they know Detroit's a great place to work. They know XICW's a great place to work because they know the fans are awesome. They know DBA is going to take care of them. They know it's a, a great place to be. You know, it, it, it's happened every single time, you know, hanging out at the after parties, uh, you know, after one of the, with the best in Detroit events with these guys sitting around. It's, it's kind of cool to hear that from their perspective, mm-hmm. That that's really true. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you know, like we can sit here and say it all day long, but to hear, you know, a Bob Holly and to hear, you know, Silas Young and to hear, you know, Carlito and those guys go, Jesus, why are you guys still in indie? What are you doing? This, yeah. you know, you guys are, you know, really kicking ass at this. You know, this this is really good. EC three was the same way, you know, and that's 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 just yeah, yeah. Even guys that haven't come back to XICW in a long time, but have worked there back in the past. Like I've become friends, you know, I've been fortunate enough in the wrestling business to become friends with a lot of people like uh, the Headbangers and uh, Blue Meanie and Nova, those guys like that. They used to wrestle for XICW too. And they always talk about, you know, when I would see them at shows or whatever, even when uh, Nova was working for WWE and we'd email back and forth and – He'd be like, yeah, man, I worked for the Monroes for, for however long, man. I used to love being in Detroit. I, I, I loved working there. So it's it's uh, just to say that they've been around 16 years is huge. Yeah. You don't get many many. Well, uh, that's just XI. I mean, you you know, you go back to, you know, Sweet Daddy Monroe yeah. days. I mean, that's the 50s yeah. rolling up through. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, you don't get many independent promotions that last that long. Uh, before we start wrapping up here, uh, I'm curious, what finally – made you realize, hey, it's time for me to maybe retire from wrestling and start working on a new career or going down to a new path? or like well, What went into your head or what made you finally realize I should maybe Well, to be honest, um, I wasn't – I was no longer trying to get into the WWE. You know, that, that time had passed. I was getting a little bit older and the injuries were – you know, racking up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always tell people when I broke my back a few years ago, it kind of took 10 years off of my life. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel a lot older than what I am. And I started to finally make a name for myself and started to, uh, with the TV industry and, you know, with stunts and stuff. I started, that work started to come in and I just couldn't risk getting hurt at a wrestling show. And then, you know, say the next week, somebody wanted me to come in and do four days on a, a TV show or a movie. I can't risk not being yeah. able to do that anymore because now this is where I'm actually – this is my livelihood now. This is where I take care. It's not a, just a hobby. This no. is where I take care of my family. You know, I, I pay my bills with. So I, as much as I love the wrestling and I love the people, I just can't risk getting hurt doing that and not being able to fulfill my other obligations. And, you know, I just didn't have the same amount of desire for it that I used to. And uh, not only that, but I think with every wrestler – there comes a time there's always going to be guys behind you that need your spot. And I felt to me, you know, if I didn't have as much love for it as I had before, why should I be taking up a, a spot on that show where a younger guy that has that desire could take that spot? So what I like doing now is I still kind of trying to be involved a little bit as far as the wrestling, as far as passing on knowledge. I love to go to shows. If younger guys say, hey, can you watch my match and give me some critique, I love to be able to do that. I love to go to the House of Truth Wrestling School. Uh, I love to help the guys work out and, and give some critiques. You know, I try to go every time at the end of each class he has. He has practice matches, and he has us come in and watch him and you know, help critique the, the, the new guys. So I like to be able to pass that knowledge on. Um, they say those who can't teach, so <laughs> I'm no longer doing it anymore, but I like to do that. And I'm actually, I was actually talking with DBA about possibly doing, uh, being involved with Proving Grounds uh, for that same same purpose, to, oh, to be able to help the younger cool. guys, to be able to evaluate them and help them to be, you know, as good as they can be. Especially, we I see there's a, a couple new pretty big guys that are uh, coming out of Truth School, um, but the weird thing about being a big guy is you actually have to learn how to wrestle as a big guy. It's a lot different than wrestling as a small guy. So I'm hoping to be able to maybe do that, help some pass on, pass along some knowledge. But I thought it, you know it was, it was my time to to let the new people take that spot. All right, one last question, Diane, to ask you. Okay. Oh boy. How did your Conan stuff come about? <laughs> I saw you were on the episode of Conan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, that was actually through my agent. Uh, 
they were uh, Conan O'Brien was uh, going to be in Dallas for the Final Four. Mm. They were um, doing shows all week long, and uh, every once in a while they do stunts on, on there that um, they need a stunt man for. Well, the the two spots that I did were they wanted to have a the state. It was a wrestling match between the states. The, you know, the, the whole gimmick was, you know, they th- say they don't mess with Texas. Let's see if we what happens if we do m- mess with Texas. <laughs> so I was dressed in this giant foam Texas costume. <laughs> it's awesome. And had to yeah. wrestle other states. It Wasn't it bright orange, if I recall correctly? Yeah. University of Texas colors, yeah. <laughs> so I was uh, bright orange Texas, and then they brought out Florida and Alaska, and then they had a little person. Who actually was in uh, American Horror Story, uh, the yep. carnival uh, uh, season, and uh, he was dressed as Hawaii. <laughs> so I, had, <laughs> I got to wrestle those guys, and then the next day I got to be in a. They had a segment where it was uh, NBA mascots that shouldn't be dunking at halftime, you know, because they always have the <laughs> mascots. So they were just ridiculous. I was a, a a bull that gored an Austin hipster. So I, was, I was in this giant bull costume, and I had an inflatable hipster on my horns, and I had to try to dunk a ball. So, awesome. yeah, that actually got through my age. That was a that was a blast to do. Dallas is an awesome city too. And it sounds like you've just been everywhere and done everything in both the stunts world and the wrestling world. This I'm point, trying, man. There. I'm still young in the in the stunt business. I'm still pretty green. I'm still paying my dues, but I'm trying to do as much as I can and trying to, uh, you know, be respectful and uh, trying to make a good name for myself. And I, I hope that uh, hope that I'm doing that. Where can uh, fans of you follow you on social media? Uh, all my social media stuff: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's all J Adams Stunts. Um, so they can find me on there and uh, find out about, about Outsiders, which will be on January 26th on WGN. Just going to double. <laughs> and I'm actually doubling um, the stunt double for uh, Ryan Hurst, who used to be Opie on Sons of Anarchy. So nice. January 26th, that comes out. When's the next couple XICW shows, Dave? Uh, February 21st is Winter Slam. February 28th is back at the Imperial House. That'll be the whole fire match that we heard about last night. And then uh, March 12th is the next Best in Detroit with uh, Tommaso, Kendrick, and EC3 coming back into town. Right. And if you come to an XICW show, you might be able to see me in the crowd uh, hanging out with people. So <laughs> Nice. And you can tune in next week at 6 o'clock on Podcast Detroit. Listen to the Top Rope Review. As you drink your falling down beer. Yes. <laughs> falling down beer company. Delicious beer that we drink here. Um, I love that place. I live have, right by there. I love it. We're hoping to have a surprise guest next week. It's in the works. No. <laughs> it's a surprise because they don't know who it is yet. <laughs> no, we, we know. We know. We know. We just got to confirm some details, cross yes. some eyes. Well, thank you guys for having me, man. This has been a uh, man. An hour went by quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks We're, for coming, and we, we we hope to have you back. Yeah, for sure. A couple months, we'll talk about Batman and some and other the outsiders. And outsiders. Cool. Yeah, outsiders. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. I'm, you got me hooked on the show. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm no, we'll be, that's be, we'll be tuning in for sure. They cool. just hired you to do the press circuit to get everyone to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so right, I'm available. Thanks for listening. This is a previously recorded episode.